0: This weekend, the playoffs head to Kansas Speedway, where four more contenders will be eliminated in the race for the Monster Energy Cup Series title. Welcome to the Motorsports Hour here with Parker Kligerman, who is on his way to Kansas, where he'll be back in the 96 car for Gaunt Brothers Racing. First off, do you eat or sleep? You are always on the move. Uh, never.
1: No, actually. It just doesn't happen. No, you just have to you know, you got to sacrifice some things mm-hmm. to be a part of this life and I just choose not to have either of those. Okay, I say skinny.
0: Well, yeah, and you are, don't but do not fall asleep during no, the show. No, not this
1: show. I won't sleep yeah, here. Yeah, we need you on the show. Yeah. Okay, let's yep. kick
0: off today's discussion with your number 1 headline heading to Kansas. What are you going to be watching?
1: Well, it really comes down to these four that are outside, and specifically three of them, and that is the Hendrick Motorsports drivers. If we click here on Alex Bowman, we're going to bring up their stats for Kansas earlier at May, and it really comes down to these three. It's incredible that Hendrick Motorsports finds itself in this position, where the powerhouse organizations of NASCAR finds itself maybe going out of this race completely eliminated from championship contention. And when I look at this, they obviously have great numbers at Kansas earlier this year. Alex Bowman was in contention to win that race. Chase Elliott scored a ton of stage points. Those are both great things, but I don't know if that's going to be enough for these drivers to get there. I think one of these three is possibly going to have to win this race to find themselves into the round of eight. And then there's William Byron, who's kind of the X factor in this, right? We've seen tremendous speed out of him. A lot of momentum. A lot of momentum. He's the new rocket man winning poles left and right. There's a lot there, but we haven't seen him win a race. And in his position, I truly think... He has to find a way to victory lane. So there is a tremendous amount of pressure on Hendrick Motorsports. And I think the thing, though, when I look at this, it's kind of like the Hunger Games there. Only one of them is going to make it out of this. That's okay. how I look at it. And so I think it's going to be tremendous pressure on this organization going to this race.
0: I was going to ask you, as an organization, uh, if one of them gets in or if they're shut out. But I'm going to save that maybe for the All end right. of the show, Yeah. if you have some predictions. But again, these numbers are from the Kansas race um, earlier this year in May. And yeah, you point out something really big there, Chase Elliott's stage points. That's going to That's be That's huge.
1: huge. I mean, that will, if there is misfortune, which we'll get into a little bit later in the show... That possibly opens up the door for using... St- or Misfortune for some other yeah. drivers. That opens up the door when we look at Logano, Kiselowski That definitely opens the door for using stage points for advantage. There's going to be no deterrent to stage points as long as you're not putting... Uh, stage points ahead of getting the ultimate finish because I truly believe these two cars Alex Bowman and Chase Elliott are in a position where they know they possibly will have the speed Mm -hmm. we've seen it earlier this year we've seen it out of the Hendrick Motorsports cars but they're gonna have to win
0: okay I like to say that's the who how about the what or in this case the why why is this mile and a half track the one that for the drivers on the outside looking in the one they want to have next on the schedule
1: so we're gonna go to some tape to explain this one because it's more visual than I can explain with words so What's crazy about Kansas is that it is multi-grooved, it is variable banking, and it is very fast and in the throttle for these drivers. And we saw this with the restart. So I want to take a look at the final restart here to show you just some of the craziness. So here we go, we're sort of, you know, two by two, normal restart, but then things start to liven up. As we go off into turn one, you see a little bit here, just back here, you see a little bit of three wide, right? Oh, we got a little bit of Telstra going there. But anyway, you get the idea. A little bit of three wide starting. But then take a look as we head off into turns one and two. This is just going to get livelier. We're going to start to see cars going all over the place. And now, as we look, as we come off turn two, just look at this pack. Look at these cars, three wide, three wide, all the way back to the pack here. And Jimmy Johnson, who was up at the front, is falling all the way back. Then as we continue on, it's just going to get crazier. You're going to see runs from the top, the bottom, drivers blocking, moving around. And now we're going to find ourselves going off to turn three, once again, look at this gaggle of cars right here. This is opportunity for someone like Chase Elliott or Alex Bowman or William Will Byron. this
0: work if I touch it or oh, yeah, am I going to break you it? You can
1: touch it. I what do you want to write gaggle. Gaggle, yes. You, How can do can we spell gaggle? you
0: keep talking while I right, spell out so, gaggle.
1: This is distracting. But nonetheless, you get the point to say this is obviously craziness that can occur in terms of these restarts. Cars going everywhere, multi-grooves. Really well done, gaggle. by the way. Yes. This is the sort of thing that opens up the opportunity if there is misfortune or where misfortune would come from another driver that's in the round of eight already points-wise. So as we continue going, just another thing to keep an eye on here as we come off the corner, just three wide, more, more three wide. Clint Boyer there, he's now going to get all the way up here to the back. He's going to be fighting for second place as we go on the first stretch. He gets blocked by Eric Jones at the top, but then watch as we go off into turn one. See where he is right now? He's essentially in fourth place. He was fighting for second with those two, but now he's going to slip back. And watch this. The A9 on the bottom is gonna get a run. And you think, all right, that's just one position loss. Nope. The 48's gonna get the mm-hmm. run. All right, he'll definitely slot in behind the 48. So right here you think, all right, maybe he will. There he is right here. Maybe he will slot in. Yeah. I'm not very good with the tone. right. You're better. And then, nope. Kurt Busch fills that mm-hmm. hole. Here comes Ty Reddick. He loses and falls all the way out of the top five in literally half a lap. That is how crazy the restarts here are. So let's go to the next video I want to show you guys. Okay. Which, this is from lap 244 restart. And the reason I bring this one up is because there's a little bit difference that happens here. All right, so as we get going... Oh, we lost our play button. There it is. All right, so as we get going, keep your eye on those front four. You see Ricky Stenhouse? He's going to get in the back mm-hmm. bumper of Chase Elliott. Clint Boyer's going to start bumping the Alex Bowman right there, right now. All four of them are connected. They're bump drafting here on a, on a mile and a half. Seriously bump drafting. But well, what's going to happen is... They're going to start to get a little aggressive that the 17 is going to make a move. The 88 gets almost so squirrely. This is at the front of the field for the lead against teammates. And now chaos ensues behind them. As we go off in the backstretch, look at all these cars. And we're going to take a stop here at one point. We're just going to count all these cars. So let's keep going a little further now. So right now, there's four mm-hmm. wide, but I just want to do a little a little fun counting. So who's a part of this pack? We got the 18, 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 6, 7, 8, 9, 10, 11, 12 we even count this guy back here counting that's 13 cars in that pack right there four wide possibly gonna be five wide as they go into turn three that is just insane you can't prepare for that you can't you can't plan for that you're gonna be in a position where you're just gonna have to make instinct moves instinctive moves that are hopefully gonna work out and so as we play this as we lost it now. Well, you know what that was? Anyway.
0: That, those 13, that was a gaggle.
1: You see, yeah, that's a gaggle. That you a see gaggle. Austin Dillon, he falls out of it. It's just craziness. That's and
0: what's And so, happening. again, your point is, other mile and a halfs wouldn't have this many lanes, this much movement. No. So, some opportunities, some options for these drivers below the transfer line is what they're hoping for. There's opportunity weekend. in the
1: craziness. That's Okay. The
0: so, the four drivers below the transfer line are the three from Hendrick Motorsports and the hometown hero, Clint Boyer. The Kansas native will have a large cheering section. Will that be enough?
1: I don't know. I don't think so. No? No. Hmm. I'm sorry, Clint.
0: Well, Clint is smiling right now because it was just announced today that Boyer and Stuart Haas Racing have agreed to an extension through 2020, keeping Boyer in the 14 car. Uh, No question, he is the blue-collar everyman, the guy you want to have a beer with. Yes. And as drivers uh, tell Rutledge, also the reason you may need bail money. If you haven't seen it, here's the very funny Boyer-esque edition of Rhett's Basement. (laughs)
2: I got you this. You <laughs> could probably make some money on these. WWCBD. <laughs> Are you poking fun at me with this? No. You know what a Cinco de Mayo means? That's not no. <laughs> Cinco de Mayo? Mayo? What oh, would Clint clearly. Boyer do? That's not a question that I ask myself often.
3: And why is that? It would not
2: be the correct answer for me. They ask you in other rooms here, they're like, so who's the biggest partier?
4: It's like, wow, a lot of us used to be back in our single days. Now, we're all about married, but I think Boyer's still got it. (laughs) (laughs) What I do is I've been asking him situational things like, here you are, here's a scenario. So I'd like to ask you a few of them and see if they line up. Shall we?
2: I will never forget this.
4: Let's say you were showering at the infield at Talladega, only to find someone stole your clothes. What would Clint Boyer do?
2: Boyer would uh, grab a paper towel and just walk out, say what's up. Is the shower curtain still on there? It could be. It's (laughs) Talladega. It's still the old school. You sit down on the the toilet, high five the guy next to you. I think we all know what he would do. Full swing motion. (laughs) out for sure. Clint Boyer would probably just walk back to wherever he was going in the towel. And not like the full towel. like. The washcloth wash towel. Would you grab anything as you're running out? What are you going to grab? They stole your clothes. Some people said a washcloth,
4: one person said a paper towel. <laughs> Would he run? You know perfectly. What?
3: He just walk out.
2: Probably light jog. Light jog? <laughs> yeah. Not a sprint. Yeah, I don't think he's going to sprint or run anywhere. I've seen him run one time. He's a good runner, but I don't think he wants to do that again. Was that at Phoenix? Yes. Yeah.
4: I think yeah. that's the only time anyone's ever seen I him I think run. you're
5: right.
2: Here goes Clint. Clint's coming.
5: Y'all get Boyer. Y'all get Boyer. Don't have to do that stupid.
4: All right, you got 30 minutes to pick up a keg. You need cash. You got no wallet. What would Clint Boyer do? He would sweet talk on the person, offer a good time at a party.
2: Hey man, we're gonna have an epic party tonight, and you're invited, but we need your money to buy this keg. And the guy would be like, sold. He's so good at talking and convincing people on things. He would walk away with more than one keg for free. He'd probably get him to deliver it too. You can ask anybody in any kind of racetrack society, I've got 30 minutes, zero cash, and an ice cold keg. What do you say, are you in, are we partners? I guarantee it. It would happen.
4: This makes me so happy right now. But that's Because you know that's true.
0: So the best part is that Clint not only confirms it would happen, guarantees it, and without hesitation.
1: Oh, I don't deny it. I've hung out with him. I I know for a fact, yes, he can, as Kyle Larson said, he can basically talk his way into anything and convince you of anything. But here's the thing. I am not surprised by this re-signing, because what are you told when you're a young driver coming up through the ranks? First and foremost, you've got to perform on the racetrack. Second, be marketable and be yourself. He ticks all of those boxes and is probably one of the best, biggest personalities we have in this sport. It would be an absolute shame if a guy like that who's performing, making the playoffs, is not able to be resigned by a top organization like Stuart Haas Racing. So very happy that he'll continue in that car. And I think that's an excellent thing. And maybe we'll see an uptick out of performance. Maybe he'll find that way into the round of eight. At here his, with this great news.
0: At his hometown track. Yeah, yeah. he'll be back behind the wheel for, of the 14 for Stuart Haas, like Parker said, uh, in 2020. All right, here is what else is on tap today. We are going to meet the finalists for this year's Comcast Community Champion Award, Three Men Changing Lives for the Better. And we'll talk with Supercross star Eli Tomac, ahead of Saturday's Monster Energy Cup in Las Vegas. Plus, Sirius XM's Pete Pistoni checks in with his thoughts on Elimination Weekend in Kansas. All coming up today, right here on the Motorsports Hour. For the fifth consecutive year, Comcast is recognizing the charitable efforts of those in the NASCAR industry with the Comcast Community Champion of the Year Award. And here are the three finalists for this year's award. David Reagan, Monster Energy Cup Series driver and ambassador for Shriners International. You see him there in the middle. Mike Tatoyan, president and CEO of Dover International Speedway and chairman of USO Delaware. And Artie Kempner, coordinating director for NASCAR on Fox Sports and co-founder of Autism Delaware. Since 2012, David Reagan has supported Shriners Hospital for Children as part of their ambassador program, where he goes above and beyond to put a smile on everyone's faces.
5: David Reagan, how hey, that!
4: This is the sport's biggest stage, and I'm very fortunate to be able to go out and, and race in front of millions of people watching. I kind of saw where I've got a great opportunity to do something bigger and better than what David Reagan is.
0: Since 2007, David Reagan has spent much of his time off the track supporting Shriners Hospitals for Children, a network of 22 nonprofit medical facilities. Over the years, he's found creative ways to raise money and awareness for Shriners.
4: So, 300,000. The Shriners Hospitals for Children, they serve young kids all around the world regardless of the family's ability to pay.
6: David Reagan is one of the most incredible people I've ever been around. And because he saw the big difference that we make in kids' lives, David took the step further. He became a Shriner. David doesn't just talk it. At every chance he gets, he visits one of our hospitals.
0: Reagan has made it a point to get to know Shriner's families, especially those in the most difficult of circumstances. At seven months old, we put a healthy baby to bed, and the next morning we woke up with a child that was paralyzed from the neck down. Wyatt was diagnosed with transverse myelitis. It's a one in a million autoimmune disease. And we thought that meant he was gonna have less in life. And that's where Shriners stepped in and said, there's more. He has gone from
7: an infant who couldn't hold a bottle or move his arms to a rambunctious six-year-old. Shriners has given us hope. They've taught us how to live life to the fullest.
4: I see a Wyatt, one of the patients here, one of my buddies, he was at the racetrack earlier this
7: year i went to the driver's meeting
0: i read a golf cart around the track it was the best day ever over 97 years shriners has helped 1.4 million children but the dream is to continue to grow so they can help even more
4: as a parent myself When I think about my child going to a doctor's office or going to a hospital, it can get overwhelming and and super expensive and be a very uh, emotional and stressful time for family. And so for them to be able to come here, get world-class care and still feel good about things, I think that's what makes it all all very special. The the staff here at these hospitals, they're first class. They they do a lot of great work. So I thank everybody for coming out. Well, I always hope that you can make a difference in, in the world. And, and I'm in an opportunity to help others. And, and so I think that's just the right thing to do. If you can, I think, go through life like that, I, I think you can always uh, have good friends and, and make a big impact wherever you go. David Reagan!
0: When David Reagan steps away from NASCAR, the record books are gonna show wins and losses. What it's not gonna show are the lives changed. David is kind and a lot of fun. There are one and a half million kids that have been served by Shriners Hospital and they've benefited from the work of David Reagan.
4: We will see you guys throughout the day, so thank you.
6: He is truly a special individual and one of the greatest ambassadors we've ever had for Shriners Hospitals for Children.
0: Oh, it just tears you up watching those stories, but the work uh, that David does, Parker. And and you heard uh, in the, the story there, he doesn't just talk the talk, he became a Shriner himself to fully engage with with the cause. That's
1: incredible. You know, the thing about David is also how much time he dedicates to supporting those causes and that cause and being a Shiner. And, you know, the thing is, I think people sometimes think of pro athletes and they think, oh, you know, maybe from Monday to Friday, they don't do anything. He's got tons of commitments, sponsor commitments, team commitments. So he doesn't just carve a little bit of time for this. He carves tremendous amounts of time to dedicate that time and find places and put those other you know, requirements aside to go do these things and be a part of the Shire's Hospital. So I think that's another incredible thing is he's sacrificing some of his personal time yep. just to do that. And I think that's why he's absolutely in line for this Comcast Award.
0: Absolutely. And think of what he's teaching his sweet girls yeah. um, as well. Well, you're going to meet our two other finalists for Comcast Community Champion of the Year later on in the show. Right now, we do have some updates on two two separate incidents involving Team Hauler's Traveling to Kansas for this weekend's race. This morning, JTG Doherty Racing owner Tad Geschechter confirmed in a statement that his number 47 team's hauler caught fire, but that both drivers were okay. He added that the team was assessing the damage and will have more information when it becomes available. And last night, Colleague Racing confirmed its number 10 team hauler was involved in an accident just east of Asheville, North Carolina. Both drivers were taken to the hospital with reported injuries but later released to recover at home. Team President Chris Rice said they still plan to field two cars this weekend. We certainly continue to think of everyone involved, and we're glad that it sounds like everyone is okay. Coming up, what's on the people's minds as NASCAR heads into the heartland this weekend? Sirius XM's Pete Pistone lets us know when he joins us next on the Motorsports Hour.
6: I am fighting for my respect out there on the track. Yes. Hmm. I used to be feared on the track and there was a certain level of respect that took place. That hasn't been there in a couple years. I can get serious too quick, so I have to work hard (laughs) to to relax and and have fun. You have to
2: be purposeful about having fun.
6: My first die-cast car, so proud of it. So ready for it to show up. The packaging shows up and it's spelled J-I-M-M-Y. I'm no, like, no not
2: When we're walking out right
6: here, we realize. What oh, it, no. Like, oh, no. Oh, no. Oh, man. It no. looked <laughs> Inside there, it didn't. It just, did. We're just chatting like we normally yeah. do. Yeah, I know. Tried to skate with Mike McDonough for a Texas oh, race did you thing. Yeah, a victory tour thing. And it's awful. So we can find that if you we, can find it. It's Jimmy
5: Johnson there. skating. Yeah. Not good. <laughs> I was fine
2: on the carpet. When I had to step off, step off the carpet
6: on the on ice, ice it was and you immediately knew I'll never be an NHL player.
0: Oh. <laughs> uh, compelling stuff on yesterday's Motor Mouse with Jimmy Johnson. Uh, he settled, I mean, he had a little bit of everything. He covered, yeah. covered a lot of territory. He was all
1: over the place. He was very open. It was yeah. cool to see Jimmy in that setting to come on Motor Mouse, and I, I think that, you know some of the parts were so incredible. Him talking about lacking respect on the racetrack. I know. As one of the guys on the racetrack with him, I've always given you know, give him respect, but I know what he's talking about. You know, when you start to fall out of being that dominant car. The competitors around you know that. They sense that, and they sense a vulnerability, and they know to take advantage of it. That's that's the essence of competition. So interesting to see him talk about that. And he just went over a wide gamut of things. It was very cool. It was
0: it was cool. And you can go to NBCSports.com right now if you want to keep that conversation more. You want more Jimmy Johnson right now. Nate Ryan has an article where Jimmy talks more about his future. Might be pretty enlightening. And Jeff Burton has a special driver-to-driver interview with Jimmy that will air in Sunday's pre-race show. On NBC. All right, let's go ahead and bring in, keeping, last mentioned keeping the conversation going. Let's yeah. bring in Sirius XM's Pete Pistoni. I I would imagine, is Jimmy Johnson one of the topics that, that your listeners have been talking about?
5: It, he is, uh, Krista, but here's the two things that the listeners talk about. One, the obvious, right? When's Jimmy Johnson going to win again? The guy that has not won a race in 90 races, but the swing dunk NASCAR Hall of Famer, the minute he hangs up the helmet, you know, when's he going to win again? And things have been trending in the better direction. I think that's fair to say for the 48 team. But the, but the second part is what comes up more often. How long will Jimmy Johnson be a full-time Cup Series driver? You know, I was just reading the story you referred to that Nate wrote. And I think it's going to be interesting to see what he decides to do. And I, I believe it's not going to be so much the business side of this because I think Ally, the sponsor, Rick Hendrick, the owner, will let Jimmy Johnson run as long as he wants to run. I think it's going to be a family decision. I think Jimmy's going to sit down, as he said, to Nate and decide between his two daughters and his wife what he wants to do in the future. And I think that that's going to be the deciding factor of if Jimmy Johnson wants to run full-time for the next few years or step away. So I think that's what the listeners want to know. How long are we going to see Jimmy in that 48 car and when is that decision going to be made?
1: And Pete, I think the thing is, you know, it's great that it's really coming down to his decision. That's the way it should be. For a seven-time champ, there should be no one else making that decision but him. All right, so to switch the topic up maybe slightly, he mentioned it on Motor Mouse. The optics of the manufacturer alliance that Chevy had set up at Taudega were obviously not great. What has been the fan reception you guys been having uh, from the fans out there? I know my own uh, internal look at social media wasn't great, so what has it been on the radio?
5: Yeah, uh, you said the right word there, Parker, optics. I think most of the listeners, and myself included, have been around this forever, understand that has been part of Daytona and Talladega pretty much forever. Teams working together, drivers working together, manufacturers working together. We saw Toyota do it to win the Daytona 500 in 2016. We saw Ford do it last year with Stuart Haas Racing to perfection at Talladega. And let's be honest, Chevy's been a little bit late to the party. I think the word optics, though, is what stood out. I think the listeners feel like, listen, this is part of it, we get it, but it was so blatant, and when you heard things like there'll be repercussions if you don't follow orders, then having the meeting during the rain delay, and then having some of the drivers or crew chiefs when they came out kind of give you know snarky answers, and listen, I love snark, but I don't think that that was probably the way to go, and I think the listeners feel like, we want to see our guys just go out there and you know just run for themselves well you know you need help on the racetrack and I think everybody gets that so I think it was more of how it came off than the actual execution of it happening I'll tell you this the other part is you guys know this AJ and Parker if you're going to do that and all run together there's the reward if it pays off but there's also the risk because if one of you guys spin out in the middle of all your other teammates like Dallas Bowen did you're going to wind up taking a lot of people out and that happened to them on Monday. So, I think the listeners feel like they get it, they understand it, but maybe the way it came off at least from Chevrolet's standpoint it wasn't the best on Monday.
1: So that was going to be my next question, is the risk of basically, obviously, they had a lot of them wreck out in the same wreck. My other part of this is, did you have any fans on the other flip side of this that said, hey, you know what, now I was really rooting for the Toyotas because they had no alliance set up. I know I was one of those drivers, but just curiosity, you know, has me peaked. Do fans even notice that or were they just really saying, I don't like the way Chevy went about and handled their manufacturer alliance?
5: Yeah, I didn't really hear anybody call call Mike and I in the morning drive to say we started the route for another manufacturer because there was the strength in numbers thing, and you guys are on the other side of that. I think it's more of – You know, the manufacturer loyalty, and to be honest with you guys, that's a good thing. I mean, the fact that fans are passionate about this, I think, bodes well that there's still that manufacturer loyalty among the fan base. And if there's another manufacturer looking to get into NASCAR, I think this would be a good example of they can really kind of benefit from that. But I just think, again, it was just the way it came off from, from the Chevrolet perspective that got people wadded up. And you know we're going to be talking about this again certainly when Daytona and Talladega roll around next year.
0: Yeah, yesterday, Pete, it was announced that Ricky Stenhouse Jr. has a new team. He's going to be uh, a guest on Motor Mouths coming mm-hmm. up. What are the fans saying about that?
5: Well, I think the, this one is interesting because as it turns out, Chris, uh, it wasn't designed this way, but it's a trade, right? Chris Buescher goes from that car to the car that Ricky Stenhouse Jr. has been driving at Roush Fenway Racing, and now Ricky Stenhouse Jr. comes over to the 37 at JTG Doherty Racing. Since we're in the baseball playoff mode, I'll, I'll use this analogy. I feel like it's kind of like two teams shooting Middle relievers, because when you look at the stats from last year or this year, it's pretty much the same. I mean, Busher and Stenhouse Jr. are doing about the same in those cars. Now, what will happen next year is going to be interesting. We know that Buscher's taking a ride that has not been able to be as good as the car across the way there at Roush Family Racing, where Ryan Newman has been doing. So, I think he's under some pressure. And you know, I think Ricky Stenhouse Jr. has been at Roush now eight years in the Cup Series, ten years in his career. Maybe this is good for him to have a change of scenery and see what he can do. So it's going to be interesting because, as I said, didn't didn't design itself as a trade, but that's kind of for all intents and purposes what it turned out to be.
0: All right, Pete. And we're working on those T-shirts right now. I like snark. That's what you said, right?
5: Perfect. Those okay. will be available. I was going to give you the toll-free number. Yes, sure.
0: you'll be wearing them while we listen to the morning drive, <laughs> you and Mike Bagley. Thank you so much, Pete. Enjoy the weekend. Thank you, guys. <laughs> all right, let's uh, let's let's. Take a little tour yeah. here. At Kansas, the Sunflower around. State, is next on our 50 states in 50 days tour. And we're heading to Lakeside Speedway, located in Kansas City, Kansas, just 15 minutes north of Kansas Speedway. Lakeside is a four tenths of a mile dirt track. However, it's been both dirt and asphalt during its 65 years of racing. Now, the World of Outlaws, they're going to race at Lakeside tomorrow night. If you're going, keep an eye out for Casey Kane. He will be signing autographs. Lakeside's local legend is Tim Carrick. He competes in the track's Modifies division, has raced for nearly 40 years. The track and its community have also had to persevere, overcoming three, three separate floods this year to wow. keep racing. Wow, it certainly takes the community. Incredible. a big night tomorrow night, World of Outlaws. Out yes,
1: there. World of Outlaws is Ooh. awesome. Love getting caught up in the World of Outlaws. Always paying attention to that. You know, Chris Bell recently won a World of Outlaws race, and I just find it amazing. That rolling circus, how many races they do. And if you can catch one of those shows, lights happening tomorrow night, please do. They're awesome.
0: That's very cool. All right, from Kansas to Delaware, coming up, we're going to introduce you to the two other finalists for this year's Comcast Community Champion of the Year and their efforts to give back. Next on the Motorsports Hour, Today, we are taking part in Spirit Day because no one should be bullied or called names simply for being who they are. Help us support LGBTQ youth from all walks of life by going purple with hashtag Spirit Day. Find out more at glad.org slash Spirit Day. And it is that inclusive spirit that helps fuel the Comcast Community Champion Award, the three finalists for this year's award are being announced today. The award winner's charity receives a $60,000 donation from Comcast, while the finalist charities receive $30,000 donations each. The winner will be chosen by a panel of NASCAR and Comcast executives, as well as Joey Logano, who won the award last year. And our next award finalist is Mike Tatoyan, president of Dover International Speedway. With Dover Air Force Base just a short drive away, Mike works to support the military personnel in his community.
6: I think most people experience a defining moment or moments in their life, and those become kind of your life script. And a, a real defining moment is something that changes your, your foundational shift, literally, as to who you are as a person. And that was my first dignified transfer.
0: When Mike Tatoyan, president of Dover International Speedway, first arrived in Delaware in 2007, He was drawn to Dover Air Force Base, six miles down the road, where he volunteered with USO Delaware. Twelve years later, Tatoyan now serves as the Chairman of USO Delaware's Advisory Council.
6: My role really is to help support our military and the USO Delaware programs, but it's also to help support the volunteers that make it happen.
0: When an American service member dies in a theater of operations, their remains are flown to Dover, where they're received in a dignified transfer.
6: I remember vividly, 13 years ago, the first time I saw a transfer case being removed from a C-17, and the American flag that was meticulously draped. It was an army sergeant, 26, 27 years old, who had a young family and a pregnant wife. I couldn't imagine what it was like to be that family, experiencing the absolute worst day of their life. The amount of dignity and honor and respect that the men and women that were responsible for this transfer, it it was amazing to me. It's a no-fail mission. I wanted every American citizen to be there with me.
0: Today, under Tatoyan's leadership, U.S.O. Delaware reaches over 80,000 service members and their families a year.
6: I think most people may think that it is a D.O.D. function, and it's not. It's not government funded, and so our individual donors. They are the backbone of how the USO and USO Delaware survives.
0: As chairman, Tatoyan's fundraising efforts support events such as USO Delaware's tent at the Dover Air Show, where they host Gold Star families, those who have lost
7: a loved one in service. I met Mike almost 10 years ago, and I immediately felt like a connection with him. My dad was in the military, I'm a military spouse, and just seeing somebody that was so genuinely interested in helping the military, it wasn't just about him being on a board. His heart was fully in it. Oh, you're
6: about to be 10. I'm about to be a lot more than 10.
0: Tatoyan's imprint on the Dover community is evident in the military village set up outside of the Speedway on race weekends to foster community interactions. In his role as an Air Force advocate, serving with a select group of community leaders around the country in the United States Air Force Civic Leader Program, advising the Chief of Staff on issues affecting the Air Force and civilian communities. In simple acts of kindness, like hosting the Armed Forces Medical Examiner Team for a day at the track. In providing items such as food, clothing, and toys for grieving families arriving at Dover to receive their fallen hero. Or in going out of his way to surprise an airman deploying on his 13th tour with a visit from his favorite driver, Kevin Harvick.
5: What an honor for Michael Kelly to be able to throw the green flag today at this race.
4: Mike cares so much about bringing that community together and he just keeps pushing and pushing to make sure that that continues.
6: If we don't open up that line of communication and really understand what it's like to serve in the military, I think it's a disservice. It's our solemn mission to carry that message to anyone that's willing to listen and something I'm extraordinarily passionate about. Things like that don't happen by happenstance, they happen by very deliberate intent on
5: people's part like Mike.
0: I love that. The message he's spreading and the awareness that he's bringing to our nation's uh, men and women who serve. Well, the Monster Mile also works with Autism Delaware, which supports the autism community and their families across the state. The group was co-founded by our last award finalist, Artie Kempner.
3: Well, Ethan was a very quiet, mild-mannered baby, and as a toddler, he's still was like that, easy. He is the easiest of our three kids by far. But we noticed that he really wasn't speaking and he wasn't receptive at times to different things and we didn't know why. And then we got introduced to a group called Childhood Development Watch and they came out and assessed him and did some tests with him and they kind of really tuned us into the fact that he was on the autism spectrum. What is your favorite thing
5: about work? I like washing the dishes.
0: In 1997, Artie and Marcy Kempner's entire world changed. A search for local resources to handle their family's new reality came up short. So they decided to build one around their own kitchen table. Those early years saw long nights and difficult roadblocks to build the organization they felt their family and Delaware needed.
3: Putting Autism Delaware together and building it from just a support group to a service agency. Yes, we've always had Ethan in mind, like what's the next step? but it was always about the the broader community.
0: In 2002, Kempner established the Drive for Autism Celebrity Am Golf Outing to raise the funds necessary for a rapidly growing organization. As a coordinating director for NASCAR on Fox Sports, he knew exactly where to turn for support.
2: Hey, I'm Clint Boyer, proud to be out here for Drive for Autism. What a great event for such a great cause. So uh, thank you, Artie Kempner.
0: In the tournament's first 18 years, the NASCAR community has rallied around the
7: cause to help raise over $7 million. Artie's a sort of behind the scenes kind of a guy. I mean, that's obvious by the job that he does. He sits in a trailer outside of the racetrack and tells people what to do. He has really been able to utilize his contacts and his position to build this organization. And all of the work he has done has enabled us to do what we do.
0: Autism Delaware now operates over 200 activities and programs, from parent counseling, to awareness walks, policy advocacy, and the nationally recognized Power Program.
3: We knew we had a great school program here in state, but we also knew that we needed to advocate for better services. What are we gonna do when the school program ends? And that's really where Autism Delaware started to really shine.
1: I wanted to get a job because I'm a grown-up, and uh, I like being self-sufficient. Work makes me feel proud. Can you reach it?
7: I got a paycheck now and it helps me be independent and uh, buy what I wanna buy. I see Joey happier, he's busy, his mind is busy, his body is busy, it's been a huge change for him, a big change for him. Just one paper towel.
3: Our adults with autism, we wanted to give them a great place that they could work in the community. What Power's mission is, is to provide five day a week fulfillment of jobs or recreational opportunities for these individuals
0: today, thanks to Autism Delaware, there are 151 power participants working in 92 local businesses.
3: You know, my biggest concern, how can we fund these things year after year after year?
7: But I hope that Autism Delaware is able to continue to grow services, grow programs, not only for our kids, but for thousands of kids across the state.
1: I've known already my whole life he's just a wonderful guy and I'm grateful for what Artie's done.
3: If you would have told me 10 years ago that we'd be sitting in Ethan's house and he's working at Grotto's and he's working at these other nonprofits and he's really operating independently of his mom and dad, I would have told you you're full of baloney. I never could foresee this much success for him. Because of Autism Delaware, it's possible
7: crushed it. What Artie has brought to Autism Delaware, you can't see it. He didn't build a wing to a hospital. He didn't build a playground. The evidence of his work is in family. It's like
0: mine. And the state of Delaware, lucky to have both Artie and Michael fighting for their community.
1: No doubt. I, you know, we've been doing this Program for a couple years, and every time we play these different videos, you see these people that are so selfless and dedicating their time. And you know, so often I feel like we get so caught up in our own world and forget there's so many good people out there doing good. And I know there's only one that wins each time, but every time I see these, every one of these people always strikes me as someone that deserves that win, and it already is winning because of the time they're dedicating these causes.
0: Absolutely. Again, the champion will be selected from the three finalists revealed today: Artie Kempner, David Reagan and Michael Tatoyan. All three, no question, very deserving. Definitely. Speaking of earning some money, $1 million is up for grabs in Saturday's Supercross All-Star Race. Next on the Motorsports Hour, we'll talk to the guy who cashed in last year. It is time to go around the world in 60 seconds. We start with IMSA's season finale. with was the Petit Le Mans. Wayland Engineering won the race, but Accurate Team Penske won the championship in DPI with Juan Pablo Montoya and Dane Cameron. You saw Simon Cagino there as well. Also this past weekend, the Bathurst 1000 in Australia, two of IndyCar's best, Alexander Rossi and James Hinchcliffe. They were in the field and they finished 19th in their Mount Panorama Debut! Congratulations, guys. And in Formula One, Mercedes made history. Valtteri Bottas won the Japanese Grand Prix, which gave the Silver Arrows their record-tying sixth consecutive Constructors title. Wow, Six straight. Congratulations, indeed. A little bit of everything today from four wheels to two. It's been a while, but Monster Energy Supercross is back in action this Saturday night in Las Vegas with its all-star race, the Monster Energy Cup. You can catch it live here on NBCSN at 10 Eastern. And we want to welcome the newly crowned three-time 450 motocross champion Eli Tomac to the show. Eli, you are also the defending Monster Energy Cup winner. For fans of NASCAR, it's like the all-star race, but with three main events, three different starts, and a million dollars up for grab. You won that million-dollar prize last year. Even with all of your other titles, where does the Vegas Cup rank?
2: I mean, it's it's right at the top there. I mean, it's so unique in its own right. You know, it's our biggest uh, one night payout, as everyone knows, for motor, motorcycle racing. And then last year was like the, you know, was was the perfect night for us, winning off three there and getting it done. So uh, it's a super exciting race that way. You know, there's there's no like championship point fresh on the line. That's what's so cool about that race is like, you're just laying everything on the line, you know, that night and you just go out there and just give it all you got. That's why it's so cool. I love that. Sounds awesome. All right,
1: so you got to walk us through what happened last year and how your teammate helped you win that million dollars. What happened there?
2: Yeah, that's that's a bummer the way that happened. I mean, bummer in the way that, uh, that there was no conversation beforehand and um, just the way that did, it looked so obvious, right? I mean, it really was. But uh, the bummer part was is that – that was all on Joey, and then as a racer, what am I going to do? I, I got to just keep racing, right? So um, that's how the cards fell. I mean, uh, I have gotten some, you know, some, uh, some, whatever, some, some negative comments from it. But I can only do what's in my own power, right? So uh, this year, uh, got to go do it again and, and just make it happen. One big difference
1: this year is that you'll be going around the course backwards during one of the three mains. How do you prepare for that? Do you, do you walk the track backwards before the event? Sort of do some research on that? How does that work?
2: That's going to be totally new for us. You know, I've been doing some practice at home. You know, it throws you off. That's It's going to be really hard that way. Um, you know, that's what they're trying to do to us, right? Is throw everything at us for, for the joker lane, for the backwards track. Um, you know, I think the track in general might be a little bit more mellow because we'll have to use the transitions both ways. So that's going to be totally new to us. So, Um, It might be really, really tight racing because I think the track will be, you know, if you want to call it somewhat easy because we have to go both those directions. So um, the racing and the battling should be great. Interesting.
1: All right. So tell our viewers why this event and Supercross in general is a must watch. I love it. It's awesome to see, but why should the fans (laughs) come out and see us in person? Why should they tune in this weekend?
2: Well I mean, it's just, I think to the new viewer, it's completely crazy how big we go on our bikes. And for the amount of run we have, you know, out of corners, the jumps we do, you know, it's it's got the, uh, you know, the like the, the loud, like this, you know, nice motorsport, just straight action. So, um, you know, Supercross is it's just gnarly. So that's what's cool about it. No doubt. All right. So
1: just real quick, what's the scouting report? Who's your biggest competition this time for you to go back to back?
2: You know what? I have a new teammate this year, and that's Spencer Gorillo. So. You know, we've been at the test track together. We've been pretty close in our lap time. So, I think my my new teammate's going to bring some heat on me. So, um, gosh, it might be it might be another green bike out there going to battle. All right. And once you get done with this, that's the
1: off-season, right? that so you get some time off before you start up Supercross again?
2: Yeah, off-season for, for myself, um, you know, November and December is really just building time for us, getting ready for that Supercross. And, you know, that's what we got next on the list is that Supercross championship. Uh, got to be more consistent this year. Um, you know, we've got the speed to win, but got to be consistent through those 17 rounds.
1: All right, bud. Well, thanks for coming on the show. Best of luck out in Vegas. It's the ninth straight year for the Monster Energy Cup. This year's track features 37 different obstacles, including an arch that traverses into the grandstands. Can't wait to see it, bud.
2: That's right. We'll see you guys out there.
0: And we can't wait. Again, it's 10 Eastern on October 19th right here on NBCSN. Parker makes his picks for Kansas when we come back. The Hudson River rivalry is reignited tonight. Chris Kreider and the New Look Rangers are in Newark to take on Taylor Hall and the Devils. New Jersey still in search of their first win of the season. We'll get you ready for it next on NHL Live. Ryan Blaney's photo finish and laps led at Talladega unlocked big prizes for Ford fans. What will be unlocked this week in Ford's driven to perform sweepstakes? Visit NASCAR.com slash Ford Playoffs promo for your chance to win epic race day prizes plus a new Ford Mustang GT.
5: My thing, my dog, my Come on. He will get redemption on the road. Yeah, buddy.
7: Kyle
4: Morrison gets
0: the win in dominating fashion.
6: Hell yeah, buddy. job.
0: Our coverage from Kansas begins tomorrow here on NBCSN starting at 3 Eastern. We will have both practices for the Cup and Xfinity Series. And at 6 Eastern, it's an all-new episode of the Dale Jr. Download with special guest Jeff Burton. We know those guys. All right. So who is moving on? Do you have predictions for the eight who will be still racing for the championship?
1: I do. I'm not sure what they're worth, but I've got some sort of prediction here. So we've got a little nifty screen here. I'm going to drag over Denny Hamlin. He's, of course, going to make it. Well, if he wants to come. He doesn't want to come. He he wants. He wants it. Very good. All right. Then we're going to do Martin Turex. Okay. He's, he's locked to make it through, All right, Kyle Bush, these three times.
0: I mean, these aren't really going on on a limb, This isn't but... a limb, right? I'm okay. to Kevin Harvick. All right, now know. it's going to get interesting, though. It
1: starts to get more interesting down here, right? So now, all right, we've got two more spots to fill. Who should we go with? Uh, you know, I'm going to say Joe Logano. I like makes that. Makes it through. Yep. The seventh position, but this is where it gets interesting. Okay. All right, who's that eighth person? That's, that's what everyone wants to know. Who right. is that person that's going to get through? When I look at this... And this is, I know, going against some things that happened earlier this year, knowing that Brad Kozlowski won here yeah. in the spring. I'm going to say Alex Bowman you're is ta- going you're to gonna become... T- you're going to take Brad, right? Nope. Alex Bowman is Ooh, going to become... Brad Keselowski out. the uh-huh. might of Hendrick Motorsports on his shoulders. He's going to find a way, possibly through winning this race, to going on to the round of eight, knocking out Brad Kozlowski.
0: All right. And we wish the best of luck to you. Of course, you'll Thank be you. in the car, on the track, when all of this sort of unfolds. And we'll have to see if Parker's predictions... Yeah. Come true. As
1: I said, I don't know if they hold much weight. We're going to see. But that's what I'm going with.
0: All right. That's going to do it for the Motorsports Hour. Again, best of luck to Parker this weekend. Stick around. Great night for hockey. Huge game with big names. Catherine Tappen and the boys are just down the hall. NHL Live starts right now. Just in and so good. Thousands of summer deals at your Nordstrom Rack Store. Save up to 60% on new arrivals from Vince rag and bone adidas joe's mark jacobs and more great brands great prices every day at nordstrom rack but hurry for first dibs get your summer favorites up to 60 percent off at nordstrom rack today great brands great prices that's why you rack